Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast episode number 12. Anytime she saw me not dancing with someone, and, and clearly she was keeping an eye out. If I was not dancing with someone, when she finished a dance, she would take her leader over to me and say, have you danced with the other Rachel? How awesome is that? It was, it was great. It's one of the best nights I've ever had coming in as a newbie because it, I was just so taken care of. Welcome to the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast, the podcast dedicated to inspiring dancers worldwide whose hearts have been touched by music and dance. The universal language of dance and music is spoken by many of us throughout the world. We want to motivate the dancer in you by sharing stories, insights, and ideas to enhance your journey. Join us now with your host, Charles Ogar. Hello, hello, everyone. This is Charles with the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast. And we are here with our special guest, Rachel Cassandra. Rachel Cassandra has been a part of our Kizoma community here in the United States for several years now. And she is very, has been offering a lot of value to the scene, to say the least. Um, she's been writing blogs. She's been doing video interviews. She's been teaching. She's been very influential out there. And I'm very happy to have her on the line here with us. And I'll go ahead and give her an opportunity to tell us a little bit about herself and what she does. Man, what else could I add? Thanks for such a great <laughs> introduction, Charles. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I guess I would just say if you uh, want to see all those things that Charles just referenced, you can head over to my site, which is kizombacommunity.com. Um, that is a site focused on uh, originally helping people find events and classes and socials that included Kizomba here in the United States. Um, and that is still something that KizomaCommunity.com offers, but it's also become a place with a lot of informational resources. There are links to all of those video interviews um, with U.S. teachers of Kizomba. And then there's also an interview series that I do that focuses on women who are in positions of leadership, be that as teachers or leading at, in, in the dance or as organizers and so on. So, um, yeah, I guess that's the main place that I would encourage people to find out more about Kizomba. And then for myself, I travel, I teach, I get to do that both here in the United States and um, around the world. And I, I love it. Yes, I love it too. And sometimes our paths get to cross. We have to, I think mm -hmm. we have to be proactive about when our paths are going to cross this year or it may not happen. And that's well, my <laughs> just not acceptable. Yeah, I know. It's hard. Well, we've made two attempts so far this year mm -hmm. um, and both both have failed, but that's OK. There is still time. <laughs> yes, we, it's May now, so we'll, we'll make it work for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So for today's podcast topic, we have several tips here for you for a happy social and being a part of the Kizoma scene and just I started off with salsa bachata. Sometimes socials go amazing and they're like people are really happy because they get to let loose and have fun and connect and socialize and all these things. 
And yet sometimes our social dances or our socials can be a not so pleasant experience because somebody told you no or you got injured and there's all these things that can happen on the dance floor that can kind of hamper it, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But our goal here with the podcast is to kind of just add some tips and advice to kind of help make your social or your next social the best social possible because social dancing is such a key factor in any dancing, uh, whether it's a weekly social, a monthly social, a quarterly social. Social dancing is definitely what makes uh, a dance community thrive. And for those of you that have listened to this intro and you've said, oh, okay, yeah, like it's another blog or podcast or whatever that's just going to tell me like things that I already know. Hold on. Stay tuned. Yes, we're going to start off with some tips for beginners in the dance scene, but we're also going to be offering you veterans some ideas of how you can make your social an awesome place. Definitely, definitely. All right. So for people who are newer to your dance scene, we're going to talk about some tips here for you to make your experience more enjoyable in the social and the first thing that we like to talk about is just hygiene Um, yeah you know sorry to be blunt guys but it's just and i don't mean guys in the gendered sense i mean (laughs) everybody whatever gender you ascribe to it is so important to come clean yes definitely take a shower wear some deodorant just just check yourself yes i can't tell you how many messages that i've gotten in my years of social dancing of oh that person is smelly or that person Uh. is really sweaty or that person's breasting and things like that and i'm like just imagine that you're going on a hot date with your most favorite celebrity like you're going to have everything on point maybe a haircut fresh clothes fresh breath cologne perfume in all the important areas like you're going to have it on point like and and it's when you do have those people who come to the socials on point they get a lot of compliments like oh that person always smells good i want to eat him up you know or Mm -hmm. eat her up or maybe that's not the right word to say (laughs) but um yeah it definitely adds to the experience if you're approachable and even before you speak to smell good is a really nice thing as well yeah absolutely and i think So the next thing going along with that, you've prepared your body to be clean and not smelly. So the next step is going to be to dress appropriately. Think about the dance style that you're going to be doing. Um, We all move in different ways according to the style. And the truth is that if you want to avoid a wardrobe malfunction or tripping or anything else, you Mm -hmm. have to dress in a way that makes sense. Definitely. I would say for the guys, it's good to not wear clothes that are baggy too much. I've always gotten compliments when I wear clothes that are a little bit more form fitting and it kind of makes you more agile because, I mean, if you're spinning and like sometimes a girl can grab your shirt or this different weird things that have happened on the Mm. dance floor that can happen at different times. But that definitely helps. And and you don't want to be constantly reaching to have to pull up your pants. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've been to some places where I forget to bring my belt. And it's like, oh, I have to pull up my pants like every two, three, two, three songs or even a couple <laughs> of songs, a couple of times in the song. So that happens, too. So having mm-hmm. form fitting clothes with a proper belt um, and shoes that aren't too. And depending on your, 
I guess, dance style. You might have a pair of actual dance shoes or you might be wearing sneakers or you might be wearing some dress shoes or something like that. Um, but those can take away. And I like wearing a, a shoe that's not too clunky, especially when I'm going to dance. Any dance because it kind of makes you more agile, you know? Yeah, and as long as we're talking to the gentlemen, let me just say, <laughs> I don't know if they're in fashion now or if they're coming back, but I had several injuries in 2011 and 2012 because it was popular to wear these shoes that sort of had an extended toe that oh, might be MG. pointed or else squared off. But anyway, people's body awareness ended like at the end of their toe, but then there was this additional couple of centimeters mm-hmm. of shoe um and ugh. <laughs> my toes took a beating i can imagine how that will be very painful so yeah guys be make sure that your partner is comfortable and that make sure that you're comfortable and you're not occupying occupying more space than you need to and then the last thing i would say for the guys is if you are overly if you're a person that sweats a lot i'll definitely bring another shirt or t-shirts mm. to help switch out during the social as well. Because even if you're wearing a really, really nice shirt and it's a dress shirt, if it's all sweaty, it's like so, some people are going to be okay with that, but not everybody is going to be okay with that. And there seems there, some people get a little bit confused. They think, okay, I sweat a lot, therefore I need more ventilation. So it's probably a good idea to wear like a sleeveless shirt. Um, <laughs> and let me just say, if you're dancing a close connection dance, just... Just think carefully about that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to body shame anyone. For sure. But in a close connection dance, there is going to be a fair amount of surface area contact. And mm-hmm. Just think, what are you going to be asking your partner to be in contact with? Mm-hmm. I have definitely turned down people at a dance because they're wearing these like little, I don't know, We every culture calls them something different. Let's just say shirts without sleeves that Mm -hmm. expose some of the back and chest um and i just didn't want to be pressed against their sweaty skin that that's that's too intimate even for me who i love dancing kazomba i love having plenty of surface area contact but just not sweaty skin that no (laughs) definitely definitely so yes that helps out a lot do we have any tips for what to wear for the females Oh, man. Well, ladies, actually, I think some of the things that have already been said apply for us as well. How much skin are you going to be asking your partner to touch? And is it appropriate? Also, how much skin are you going to be displaying? Because if you're dancing a dance that involves a little bit more motion, you know, a Latin dance, for mm-hmm. example, you're going to want to think, OK, like how low is your dress cut in the front? Also, how short is it? Because things have a tendency to move. And creep up. Um, yeah. And so you just want to think about like, what do you really want to have on display? And then also not even just thinking about visually, but also I have, I've done this before where I was wearing a dress that went all the way to my knees, except then when I started dancing in it, somehow it kept creeping up and up and up to sit right underneath my butt. Mm -hmm. And I was distracted from dancing because every, you know, minute or so I'd have to reach and pull it down, which meant instead of just enjoying the dance, listening to the music, I was looking for my window of opportunity (laughs) to pull down my skirt. You know, it's just, uh, yeah. And it's, it does take away from the dance when you're dancing with a girl and she has to pull down her skirt every couple of minutes you know because like okay and like as a a chivalrous leader 
you will give her the opportunity to do that or even create an opportunity for right. her. <laughs> or depending on your Free cover letter, pull down the skirt for her. I've done that a couple of times. Um, Ooh, I don't know how I would feel about that. Well, I, I see you have, <laughs> these are with friends or girlfriends okay. or something like that. I wouldn't just do that to a random girl for sure. So don't do that, guys, and then blame it on me. That's, that's not you know, I think I think that leads very nicely into our next topic, which is about respecting, <laughs> respecting your partner, making sure that they're um, comfortable, not only in terms of clothing, but just in the way that we are um, giving or not giving space. Every dance, I think, has what I think of as a bubble. There's there's the, the bubble of what is supposed to be your space. And, mm-hmm. and some dances, that bubble changes depending on what position you're in. Um, but there's sort of an idea of how close is appropriate. And when someone's dancing, you know, I don't know, like four centimeters away from me in salsa, I feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, that that's that's very close for them to be dancing um but on the other hand of course with kizomba we're going to be mostly chest to chest Mm -hmm. or otherwise in full skin contact and so we have to be careful we have to not say okay one size fits all we do need to adapt according to the dance and also according to our partner and as a leader it's important to quote unquote be the leader and kind of take charge because you're leading the the dance and things like that. But leading the dance also means listening to your partner as well and reading her body language and seeing if she is comfortable. Does she have her balance? Does she fit, does she get queasy or tense when you get too close and things like that? You can't just say, oh, well, this is how the dance is dance. I'm going to mm-hmm. do it because I've danced with plenty of girls who, for one reason or another, if it's their first time, I mean, I'm not going to get all up close to her, you know, versus if I'm dancing with somebody who's been dancing Kizomo for a while, I can take that to that connection right off the back, you know? So, guys, definitely lead, but then you also, and the lead, and the follower is listening to you, but then you're also listening to how the follower is listening to you. Mm-hmm. So, that's... And followers, I think, also need to be sensitive to this, there is not as much attention paid to this, I think, but followers can also make leaders uncomfortable. How close are your thighs to your leader's thighs? Mm-hmm. Where have you placed your left hand? You know, is it on the back of the neck that or is, is it too close to the armpit? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, there are various things that can make a leader uncomfortable as well. I would just say that the back of the neck of a guy, at least for me, is a very sensitive area. And I know some girls do that because they feel very, very comfortable. And if mm-hmm. if that sense of comfortable is mutual on both sides, it's okay, you know? But if the guy is not okay with it, I mean, it, it is a sign that you're having more of a comforting embrace with that person. But yeah, I would say, ladies, don't put your hand there haphazardly and make sure that if you are putting it there, it is intentional, and then you're choosing the person that you want to do that with very intentional. And it's yeah. not something that you do unconsciously. I mean, it basically just comes down to no matter what role you're dancing, no matter what gender you identify with, be respectful and then pay attention to that nonverbal feedback that your partner's giving you. Are they tense? Are they trying to push away? Or are they standing awkwardly? Whatever it might be. Definitely. And then the flip side of that is... 
be willing to speak up and ask for something that would make you more comfortable. Um, we can't just put it on our partner to sense whether we are not feeling good about something. Mm -hmm. I think it is harder for women because of the way that we're brought up in society. It is a little bit harder for us to speak up and say, I'm not really comfortable with how you're holding me or how we, how you're doing your turns or, or whatever it is, because we don't want to create a conflict. We'd rather just you know, grin and bear it and then just never dance with you ever again. Um, and that's really, that's really unfortunate because it's a disservice to everyone who's going to dance with that person afterwards. Um, if it is really a blatant problem, but also it's just not going to help you as a dancer. We all have things that we feel differently about. And maybe one person really loves having the, the lady's arm behind his neck and another person really gets freaked out by it. And instead of expecting that our partner is always going to be able to sense and understand that, it would be helpful if you could just say, you know, I wonder if we could have an embrace that's more like this. Or would you mind not doing any double turns because my ankle's a little weak or whatever it is? Yes, definitely. Um, have the ability to speak up for sure, because it definitely helps if, if you feel hurt. Or if you're not comfortable, there's there's no harm in doing that. And it's funny because in my last podcast uh, with Emily Bartholomew, we talked about Kizomba pet peeves. And mm. we talked about how women definitely feel like it's okay to just suffer through the dance and instead of speaking up because it's less confrontational. And that yeah, definitely goes into a, a societal thing. But um, yeah. I'll, I'll put that link in the podcast um, so you guys can check out that podcast after you finish listening to this one. But I think this would be a good point to go to our established dancers and how what they can do to help facilitate a more happier, enjoyable social. Yeah. So the first thing is be welcoming to new people. And, and we're actually going to give you some examples of what that can mean because you've heard it before. OK, be nice to the newbies. But what does that actually involve? Introducing yourself is really good because I can't tell you how many times people will come in brand new to a city or even they're, they're already like residents of the city and just new to the scene in general. They don't know a lot of people. It can be very intimidating for somebody to come walk into a room full of brand new people and you it seems like everybody knows everybody and like just you're the only person there <laughs> then nobody knows mm -hmm. if you're able to go out of your way and kind of introduce yourself it's really awesome or ask them to dance it's, it's really nice and it doesn't have to be super like oh where do you come from you don't have to ask her the whole life story anything like that mm -hmm. just say hey welcome to a dance and from that point you can introduce them to somebody else. And that is a really big thing that I don't see a lot of on the dance and floor. And it's such a shame because it makes an enormous difference. I, in the last maybe year and a half, I've started going out and trying to learn some West Coast swing. And even though, you know, I know that I'm a pretty good dancer and even in West Coast swing, although I'm a beginner, you know, I can get through a dance just fine. I don't injure people. But it, I still feel nervous coming into a room. I literally know no one at all. I don't know when I'm about to ask someone, is this a person who might injure me? Or is this a person who is the teacher? And I've just like cut the cue mm -hmm. of people waiting to dance with them. You know, so I tend to be a little bit more timid. And 
I can remember on a few different occasions being so fortunate because somebody said, hey, I don't think I've seen you here before. What's your name? You know, I tell them, oh, okay, well, welcome. And then from there, having them introduce me to other people, either a few people right then or even some people throughout the course of the night. And I'll never forget one time I was in San Diego, I went to a um, a West Coast Swing Social and there was a a girl who did just that and it turned out her name was also Rachel. Mm -hmm. And for the rest of the night, anytime she saw me not dancing with someone and, and clearly she was keeping an eye out, if I was not dancing with someone, when she finished to dance, she would take her leader over to me and say, have you danced with the other Rachel? How awesome is that? It was it was great. It's one of the best nights I've ever had coming in as a newbie because it, I was just so taken care of. Yes, yes, definitely. And that brings two stories to mind just to reinforce this topic even more. One and, I, and it's coming from both sides because in the U.S. I'm pretty well known. So if I do walk into a place, typically everybody has an idea of who I am or if it's at a festival or something like that. But um, at a social here in Austin not too long ago, I had some friends that visited from Oklahoma and I had some people in from the Rio Grande Valley, McAllen, Texas, which is South Texas. And I had like my my local community there in Austin and they didn't know each other. And mm-hmm. so. I remember dancing with someone or it was the, the, the song changed. And I'm like, why aren't these people dancing with each other? These people totally uh-huh. enjoy dancing with each other. So I took a leader and then I went to a girl like you guys need to dance. And I did that like three or four times. And then after that, it's like, oh, she was awesome to dance with. I'm like, yes, I know. Make sure you dance with her. But if I didn't go out there and make that touch, it, it might have happened. It might not have happened. But having that, that introduction and knowing that common person definitely goes a long way and they I both got positive feedback from that and on the flip side of that um, I was recently in Paris back in March and so now nobody knew my name I didn't speak the language um, of French and I will say it was it wasn't easy to kind of find people to dance so yeah you can go and ask people but like if the girls don't know you it's very easy to get a no especially in Paris um, mm. because the followers are definitely more selected there but I remember I met a girl and I think her name was Samantha or something like that. And after she danced with me, she introduced me to like a group of her friends, not just one, but they're like mm-hmm. kind of all sitting together. And like once I had the green card, like anytime one of them saw me, like they grabbed me for a dance and it, it, it really changed the, the, the flow of the night because now I didn't have to kind of like walk on eggshells and ask this unknown person to, to for a dance. And now the girls were seeking me out and because she gave me a compliment he's a good leader you want to dance with him and it, it really did change the night so that's definitely something that you can do to help facilitate that introducing other people to other people who may or may not know each other already goes a, a very long way and that's something that we can also do even when it's not a case of someone being new but being active in taking people off the wall, you know, mm-hmm. they've been sitting for a while or they've been standing, even if they're people that come to your dance all the time, um, some people are just more timid about asking for dances mm-hmm. or they have a stronger fear of rejection. And so when you go up and you ask them for a dance or when you say to your, your buddy, you know, hey, let's both go and ask two people that are sitting over there. Um, so that you kind of keep the social going and avoid having people standing around or sitting around for long periods of time. 
definitely. And they do this strategically in Paris, particularly. I don't know if they do it in other dance scenes, but I'm pretty sure you've heard about the taxi dancers that they have sure. at Kizoma yeah, yeah, yeah. Socials, where they have people there that are there to dance with the people. And they don't dance more than three songs with one person, but their job is specifically to take people off the wall. Uh, I haven't seen them asking other people or introducing other people, but they definitely are very aware of like if a person's been on the wall and they haven't danced for a while they'll go and seek that person out and it just helps everybody have a more enjoyable time yeah i first encountered that concept in the american vernacular scene but we called them um cupids um and so we invite certain people to come to a dance and then that person's job is just to go and dance with everybody who might be sitting down or feeling timid or whatever and it's the same thing okay like you know, you're not going to dance too long with any one person. And it's not that you're not allowed to dance with your friends, but you're supposed to be really active about seeking those people out. And then in the same way that it's done with taxi dancers, you know, you don't have to pay to come to the social, but you have a responsibility for making sure that everyone is having a good time. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Let's take a quick moment to thank our sponsors. Are you addicted to Neo slash Urban Kizomba? Do you spend most of your free time watching Kizoma videos on YouTube and Facebook? Do you daydream about someday traveling to Europe to dance Kizomba? If you answered yes to any of these questions, get off your butt and head to the second annual Neo Kizomba Festival in Austin, Texas. We are bringing some of the top European instructors and DJs to you here in the U.S. Lawrence and Adeline, Isabel and Felicien, Anna Labon, and... DJ Snakes. This is all going down July 8th to the 10th in Austin, Texas. Find out more and grab your pass before the next price increase at neokidsfest.com. Again, that's neokidsfest.com. All right, so our last couple of tips and advice here are going to be more for everybody, whether you are newer or more experienced to kind of help facilitate a a happier social. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think... Man, I don't remember which month it was, but I wrote a fairly contentious blog post for latindancecommunity.com that was about how we ask people to dance and then also how we respond when there is a no, a rejection. And I think for a happy social, we do want to encourage everyone to be asking people to dance and definitely encouraging people to say yes as much as possible, regardless of someone's level. But at the same time, I think that our dance scenes need more compassion and understanding that there are reasons to say no mm-hmm. and that that's okay. So for you as a person who might be feeling Um, emotionally vulnerable that day or you have an injury that you're recovering from or whatever the case may be I I hate to hear that someone didn't come to a dance because they didn't feel up to dancing with everybody I would like those people to still come to the dance and dance with the people they feel comfortable dancing with and just say no thank you to the other people and on the flip side when someone tells you no thank you not immediately getting defensive or upset about it, like they've personally rejected you forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but but having compassion, saying, okay, there could be lots of reasons that that person just said no. I don't need to know what the reason is. I just go ask someone else to dance. Definitely, and it's it's 
the way we perceive the no is, is kind of tough. And I remember when I was first starting off and I was started off with salsa bachata. I remember I was at this club in Houston called Tropicana. And for those of you who've been to Texas, Tropicana is like one of those longstanding clubs there. But I remember asking some of the actual Latino dancers, Latinas, not people that learned it at a studio, but they were like there together. And, you know, when you have the group of girls and there's four or five girls and they're all together and you have the courage to go ask one and... I asked her to dance and she looked and I asked her in English and she said no. And mm. what I did, because I was still new, I asked the girl next to her if she would like to dance and she said no. And then I asked the next girl, I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna keep asking in my head because I'm already here. I already walked across the dance floor and basically each girl told me no. And then I had to walk back and that like really stung. And mm -hmm. because I just wanted to go out and dance. So it's, it's, I, when I was first starting out dancing and to have the courage to go ask a, a girl to dance, sometimes I had to tell myself, okay, I'm going to count to three and I'm going to go ask her to dance. And I'm not going to take it personal if she tells me no, because there's a lot of different reasons. If she doesn't know you, if she doesn't think it's going to be a good dance. I mean, whatever her reason is, it's, it's her, but you can't take responsibility of what's going on with her, you know? Um, but I know that it can be tough, guys, to receive a no. Um, even when I was in Paris, just this past March, I asked some girls to dance and they told me no. And it might be because I was asked in English. I didn't ask in French. Maybe they didn't know who I was. There's a lot of different things, you know, but it wasn't based on I'm not a good dancer. It was just for whatever reason, they didn't feel the point to dance with me. And I've had girls do this previously and they'll say no to you and then you'll see them one minute two minutes five minutes later dancing with another guy you know so it's there's some things that happen but like you can't control what they do you can't control the how they feel i mean if you don't click with that person you don't click with that person and it's really important even if you see that it's something that you don't like and even if it stings to kind of like not create like this grudge or this, this yeah, bad not feeling just with not make assumptions because of course the first thing that we think is okay it's because they don't know that I'm a great dancer if they knew I was a great dancer they would never say no to me um, but it it might have nothing to do with that at all they might have just been through something very difficult personally and they just wanted to come out and connect with the people that they're close with and feel that you know emotional support on the dance floor why not you know um or like the number of things that can go into someone saying no that has nothing to do with even their perception of you mm -hmm. maybe they say no because they're tired but then someone that they haven't seen in three months who has to leave to go work the night shift comes and asks them they say yes even though 10 seconds later 10 seconds ago they said no to you mm -hmm. but it had nothing to do with you. They're tired, but this person is actually more important to them than being tired. You know, I could give a million examples, but I think what's so important is to let go of ego in this case and just, you know, get on with your life. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and and it's easier said than done. We, I'm not saying that it's something that you just have to tell yourself and it's never going to happen, but it, it's a process. And the, the sooner that you do realize or the sooner that you're able to practice not taking offense or having that affects your self-esteem or your self-confidence as a dancer, mm. the, the better it'll be for sure. 
Yeah, absolutely. This reminds me of a blog that that Laura Riva wrote about the uh, the social dancing, and so I'll be sure to include that link for you guys as well in the show notes that that's on this very topic. Awesome. So let's talk about feedback on the dance floor because sometimes feedback is welcomed and sometimes feedback is unsolicited and sometimes feedback can be perceived negative and sometimes feedback can be positive so let's talk about how those can intertwine on the dance floor i mean i think the first thing is it's always okay to say thanks that was awesome you know, or I had a lovely time dancing with you, or you're so fun to dance with. Those kinds of things, they're okay for everyone to say, and I wish we said them more, because everybody likes that validation when someone says something like that to them. Definitely, um, and if especially if you're a more seasoned dancer and you're telling that to somebody who is less experienced, it does give them that confidence to continue dancing and to continue getting better and, and to notice those things, or even if from an instructor to a student, it's also very, very, very awesome to hear those things from somebody that you look up to. Yeah. And I think outside of those kinds of general comments, it's my personal opinion, and it's a practice among several teachers that I'm close with, um, to say that you should ask someone if they would like to receive feedback before giving it to them. And if you would like feedback, you should also ask for it. Um, And so even if I want to say, you know, wow, it's crazy how you're able to execute that triple spin on your heel, you know, um, whatever it is, even if it's something positive, if I'm going to say something really specific about someone's dancing, I think that it's better to say, hey, could I give you a piece of feedback or would you be interested in hearing some feedback? Which unfortunately in our dance culture right now, we very often associate feedback with something negative. Yeah, for sure. But whether it's going to be negative or positive, I think it is important to confirm with that person that they are in a space where they would like to hear that because we don't always want to be thinking about those things at a social. Whether it's something we're doing well or something we're not doing well, a lot of us go to a social to unwind, to connect with people, to have fun, mm-hmm. maybe to have a couple of drinks. And we're not thinking about, okay, how am I doing on this technique point? Or, you know, am I dancing, you know, musically to that one crazy, you know, instrumental solo? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of different things to go into that. But I think asking for permission, whether it's positive or negative, just shows respect. And it shows um, care and consideration of what might be going on with that person for sure um, before you give that feedback. And typically what we see a lot of on the social dance floor is either teaching on the dance floor or Mm. what's sometimes meant to be constructive criticism but can be taken badly as well, especially if you haven't asked for that permission that we mentioned before. Yeah, I think once you do have permission, you should still be careful that the criticism is about a particular aspect of someone's dance and not about the person Mm -hmm. as a dancer, you know? So saying like, I I noticed that you dance a lot up on your toes. I think that your balance might improve if you use more of the flat of your foot, right? That's something that is a specific behavior and you've expressed it as an opinion, great. Instead of saying like, did you used to do ballet? Because it's really weird how you're always up on your toes and that just doesn't work for this dance. Mm, Yeah, that sounds condescending. 
So yeah, we have to be careful of that feedback, you know. And even if you're an instructor, you don't. That doesn't give you the right to give everybody feedback, you know. And yeah. Sometimes people come at it from like, oh, I'm going to get on my high horse and like tell these people everything that they're doing wrong. And I mean, that's not really the point that you want to be social dancing. You know, you want to have fun and let people enjoy their dance at whatever whatever level that they are at at that particular time, you know, and just let people be for a moment and not always kind of be thinking so critical. And Mm -hmm. sometimes people ask me for feedback. On the dance floor, and I'm like, I'm sorry, my instructor brain wasn't on because even as instructors, like, yeah, I want to, I want to turn that off sometimes and just flow and not think about the counting and all that kind of stuff. So I just want to let loose right now, even though it's something that's a huge passion of mine. I love teaching, I love inspiring people, and things like that. But at the same time, it's very easy to kind of get caught up in all the details and the technicalities of everything. You forget to just have fun. Yeah, basically turning things around. While you should ask before giving feedback, you should also ask someone before expecting them to give you feedback and n- not be upset if they are not willing to give it to you. Because you gave the example of maybe you just weren't thinking about it and you were unable to give feedback. But I think also we need to respect that people don't always want to be analyzing the person that they're dancing with. Mm-hmm. Whether you're a professional or not, there is a difference between how we how we behave when we're trying to be analytical and when we're having a party. It's just a very different mode. But I think especially if you're going to ask an instructor for feedback, you should ask before you start dancing so they know they should be paying attention. Mm-hmm. And you should be prepared for them to say no because instructors, even if they're not doing it full time as their livelihood their instruction, their feedback is something that has value and that does have a price on it. Mm-hmm. And so they may very well invite you to schedule a private lesson with them. Yeah, for sure. It's like ask, asking for free legal advice or free medical yes. advice, you know? Yes, so. or asking your friend that's a mechanic if they can check your car out, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. be careful not to take advantage. For sure, for sure. Um, I think this will be a good segue into the next segment of A Happier Social, which is going to be floor craft. And this is something (laughs) I first heard of the word floor craft at a tango festival. And I know tango has very specific rules about the flow of the social and going with the the circle and like staying in your lane. And like it's it's pretty, pretty structured. Mm -hmm. But Obviously, I was the one that was kind of sticking out like a sore thumb <laughs> going backwards against the flow of the floor because I just wasn't aware and people had to let me know. And I was like, oh, MG, this is crazy. But even back in my when I was dancing salsa a lot more, I definitely remember crashing into people or always being annoyed by the one person that comes and like dances two feet away from you. And then they're doing all these crazy big moves. And it's like, hey, man, just give me my space and I'm one of those people that like to find the least crowded spot on the dance floor to kind of just dance and be able to not have to worry about playing defense because I feel like as a leader you definitely do help take care of your follower and Mm -hmm. it's interesting to see some leaders who don't really take care of their followers and they send them spinning into a triple spin right into another couple you know yeah Um, Uh, I ended up with someone's stiletto in my thigh one time because I was in the middle of doing a spin and my partner had not accounted for the fact that somebody else was like being thrown out into this 
I don't know, whatever. It involved a leg lift, clearly. Mm. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Extreme things. Leaders definitely take care. If if the floor is crowded, keep your moves small and, and controlled, you know, because when I am in a really crowded space, it's almost harder to like do the things that you want to do sometimes because I feel like I have to play defense mm-hmm. uh, and I have to play defense from all these other people who aren't thinking about the floor crap, you know, like, and so like I have to protect my follow from all the things and then it takes away from my attention that I can give to the music and to my partner. But I feel if everybody was on the same page about the floor craft, then it'll be easier for me to focus more on the music and having fun and enjoying that dance with my partner. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it just it just comes down to being aware of the space that you're using. Um, and then the next thing is to recognize that we all sometimes lose track or don't anticipate something or whatever the case may be. And there's a collision, um, there's a bump, there's something. And I think it's so important just to say you're sorry, especially when it's not clear whose fault it is, say you're sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've seen people, I mean, that, that's almost like the spark that can start fights sometimes yes. if you're at like uh, a club versus like actual social, you know, but like you bump into somebody and like people are like, hey, man, w- watch where you're going. And then like they're like puffing their chest up a little bit, you know, and they're like, OMG, it's, it's not this serious. Just say you're sorry or um, nod your head or something like that if the music is too loud. But mm-hmm. it's definitely yeah. a lot easier and a lot less stressful to just apologize, even if it's not your fault or something like that, or, or try moving somewhere else on the dance floor, you know? And that's, like I said before, I try to find a spot that's kind of open even before I start social dancing just to avoid those mm. those collisions happening um, from the beginning. Well, I honestly feel like I almost have a different... I don't know, like chemical response. Like if I get hurt and then someone tries to pretend like nothing happened or they try to put it on me, like I have this angry response on top of being hurt and it makes it hurt more. It makes it impossible for me to ignore it. I'm like dwelling on that hurt and, and, you know, in combination with the injustice. Whereas if something happens and the person who, bumped into me or or the leader whose follow bumped into me whatever if they apologize and they say are you okay if they say are you okay I say yeah I'm fine don't worry about it even if it's something kind of serious and I have to go get ice or a Mm -hmm. (laughs) band-aid which which especially like in the world of (laughs) fast moving lindy hop or salsa that does happen I will tell them, oh, no, 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 I'm fine. It's not your fault. Don't worry about it. Even if it was their fault, it's so much easier for me to just say, it's fine. I go take care of it and then I move on. And it's like I'm so able to let go of that pain. Yes. So not only do you apologize to the other couple, but also apologize to the person that you're dancing with and just making sure they're okay. And that just goes to being chivalrous on the dance floor. And I feel like on the social dance floor is one of the few places where a guy can be chivalrous and for it to be, I don't want to say expected, but definitely appreciated a lot more on the dance floor with that whole leader follower kind of dynamic we have. 
But of course, it's not limited to the gendered thing. If I send, if I send my follower out <laughs> when I'm leading and she gets bumped into by someone, I'm going to apologize to her. I'm going to apologize to the other couple. Yes, for um, sure. And I'm going to make sure, okay, does she need ice? Does she need a tissue? Does she need to be let off the floor? Um, and so I can take on that role regardless. Definitely. And I'm pretty sure we can get into the whole gender-based roles in a, in a whole other podcast because I'm pretty oh, we sure... we should definitely do that. We should definitely do that, I'm Charles. pretty sure you'll be probably the best resource for that in the United <laughs> States. Being a female Kizoma instructor and, and doing both parts um, well and having to teach from both standpoints. Well, I'm sure there's plenty of people you could talk to, but uh, I would be honored to be one of them. Awesome, yeah. awesome, awesome. Well, those people, that is going to be our tips and advice for making the social dance floor more enjoyable and just kind of helping facilitate a happier experience for everybody, especially if you are a beginner or a more seasoned, if you are the promoter or an instructor, there's definitely things that we can do. And it's sometimes just little things that take 30 seconds, a minute yeah. to do mm-hmm. that, that make a big difference. And those memories carry on. And it just helps and that ripple effect of, of positivity and inspiration and motivation because social dancing is definitely one of the, like a good ways to measure the pulse and the strength of a dancing and the stronger and more enjoyable your socials are then the better your your dancing becomes. I mean, for me, social dancing is the whole point. So <laughs> uh, let's definitely get out there and make it as enjoyable an experience as possible. All right, Rachel, can you go ahead and give some people some ways to find you on Facebook if they're interested in finding out more about you? Oh, sure. So you can find me on Facebook, Rachel Cassandra with a C. I'm usually one of the first hits. And you can also find me at rachelcassandra.com, which has links to all of my other, you know, YouTube and Instagram and all of that good stuff. Definitely, definitely. I appreciate you taking your time out with us, Rachel. And we'll hopefully we'll see you in a future episode. With pleasure. Thanks, Charles. Bye-bye. Thank you for checking out the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast today. Be sure to check out neokizomba.com for links to everything that we chatted about today, as well as some awesome free resources to enhance your Kizomba journey.